Also thinking Megan Show, Megan Show, Megan Show. This is the theme to Megan Show. Making pizza. With Eric Christopher Myers. <laughs> With Eric Christopher Myers. Hi, welcome. This is another episode of Cocktails and Cookbooks with me, Megan Morgan, and my special guest today, uh, Eric Christopher Myers, who just played my beautiful pink Mustang uh, for that introduction song. Uh, the cool thing about my beautiful pink Mustang, uh, whose name is Kit Kat, is that she, uh, I restrung her recently and haven't trimmed the strings yet. So you are in danger of getting your eye poked out when you play her. Eric Christopher Myers, how did you handle that experience? I was more concerned with the fact that the guitar was not in tune. It did, you're right, seem to be not in the best of tune. Exactly. It, it wasn't even close to being in tune. <laughs> so, Eric, do you want to tell the good people at home, this is a really special episode of the show. Eric and I are actively cooking as we record. And so uh, we are bringing you into the kitchen with us as we make one of our favorite meals, like ever, uh, with some, uh, some new meal things that we haven't done before. <laughs> <laughs> So, Eric, do you just tell them, first of all, about the thing we've made before and that we do love ever so very much. You have this incredible way of walking completely around <laughs> what you're talking about. And then once you get back to the beginning again, you keep walking. Uh, we're just going to, like, circle around the target. Yes. Like, many, many times without ever actually getting there. But it's going to be a real fun journey as we go around and around in a circle. There is quite a bit of circumference. <laughs> uh, we are making pizza. Yes. Now, we're not making just any kind of pizza. No. We are making two pizzas. Two different kinds of pizza. Each one has different superpowers. So yes. the first pizza is a pizza that I've been making since I was probably in my, God, I was probably like 19. Wow. And it is Tex-Mex pizza, and this is what happens. You make your pizza dough, you make your pizza crust, and the sauce that you place on top, the sauce that you use on this particular pizza is a spicy hot habanero salsa. And you put all of your toppings into the sauce you don't it's not like an italian new york style pizza where you know it's it's like there's crust and then there's sauce and then there's cheese and then there's toppings in this case you have the crust you have the habanero um salsa and then you place all the toppings on top of that so we have broiled chicken which has been seasoned in a chipotle mexican mix yeah and then we have got fresh raw jalapenos here we have sliced those up. We also have sliced up habaneros, just to make this extra spicy. It's gonna be, it's gonna be real spicy. Megan was crying. <laughs> I was slicing onion, and so as I sliced onion, I cried, because that is what one does when one slices onion. This is what one does. And then we also have uh, red bell peppers, and those have been sliced in strips. And the chicken will also be sliced in strips after it's been broiled. So all of this gets laid out on top of the crust and salsa. And over top of that, you drape slices of a um, Monterey Jack 
like a like a, a habanero spice yes. jalapeno infused pepper yes. jack. And you take these strips, um, rather than grated cheese, again, like you'd see with a New York style pizza, you take these these strips or these slices, you drape them over top of all of the toppings, and it creates this very thin, very even melt. And all of this is going on top of a pizza stone because that gets it nice and super extra crispy. And Megan is incredible with baking. She's absolutely (laughs) incredible with baking. Like any kind of bread that I would ever ask her to try making, she will. And she's successful with it. She's awesome. And her pizza crust, her pizza dough is, am I allowed to curse? Go for it, yeah. It's Fun fucking tastical. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I really, really do love the pizza crust recipe that I use. Um, I've been using it for a very long time. And my pizza dough, there are lots of recipes that are perhaps like more authentic or like will get you like a slightly better texture. But this one like gets so many extra bonus points for being super easy that I really haven't bothered going with anything else in any serious way. And it is the pizza crust recipe from, uh, <laughs> uh, oh shoot, um, from the Pioneer Woman. Uh, she is a cook on the Food Network and she was one of the first people who really did like the photography cookbooks where she took pictures of every single step. Is that what made her a pioneer? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent dad joke. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and uh, and yeah, it's a great crust and it is super easy, especially since I have a stand mixer that is sort of like one of my favorite things on the face of the planet. I cannot live without a really good uh, professional grade stand mixer and that's what I have and I love it. And uh, I highly recommend KitchenAid stand mixers. Hashtag not sponsored. (laughs) I think now we have accurately described one of the two pizzas. I think you should describe the second one. Okay, so um, I am going to add at the end of that description that just happened that this pizza, it sounds good, right? I mean, it just, it sounds delicious. You have no idea until you've actually tried it how absolutely legitimately amazing the Tex-Mex pizza is. It is unexpected because it's like Mexican, you know, like Tex-Mex ingredients on a pizza crust, obviously. Um, It's delicious. It's just so crazy stupid good, Uh, especially with like the cheese melted on top. That like does so many amazing things. So I'm I'm glad you really enjoyed it because I I mean, it was it, it was one of those things that if you listened to the prior episode I was on, which yes. one was that? That episode would be four? the last one, yes. Uh, make sure that you are giving this podcast, and specifically that episode, <laughs> five-star reviews. And uh, make sure you also share this show on all the social medias, <laughs> because that is the hip and awesome thing to do when you're getting free content. <laughs> At any rate, um, I had mentioned when you had me on the, the previous episode that cooking is something that you know, I've always been very interested in and really dabbled with, but haven't had too many periods in my life where I was in a position to really, you know, for various reasons and various relationships, really just kind of explore in the kitchen. And the pandemic is really giving me reason to revisit the kitchen. And um, the Tex-Mex pizza is one of those few dishes that I kind of, you know, created over a period of years 
and over many years, and I talked to you about it a lot, and I guess I was sort of a little bit nervous that in sharing it with you, you'd be like, I, I don't really get it, or, you know, you, you suck, and your taste in pizza <laughs> is terrible. But it was something I talked up a lot. Yes. And then we had it together for the first time. Uh, and it was amazing, because, yeah, the cheese melted on top is just, like, so different, because usually your pizza, you know, the cheese is underneath of the toppings, and in this case, no, it's on top, and it's, like, this beautiful blanket of cheese on top of all of these lovely, lovely ingredients. Lovely, lovely ingredients. <laughs> so, okay, now, go ahead, talk about the So, yes, uh, that first pizza we have obviously had before. And it's amazing, and we love it. The other pizza that we're making today is a new one that we've never done before. And it's also one that we don't really have a recipe for. It's more of a conceptual pizza than it is a, uh, a recipe pizza, which I feel like when you and I are cooking something together, that's usually how it goes. It's like we sort of like have a concept, and we sort of break it down into the components, and then we just kind of go for it. Um, which is lots of fun. It is. I think we've definitely developed a rhythm, and this is something that we should talk about whilst we cook. Um, the pandemic and, yes. and a lot of us, you know, a lot of us who have not been handy in the kitchen or had kids around us full time that we've got to sort of cook for, in, you know, in the evening. The pandemic um, and social distancing and shelters in place really kind of change... Um, that was pounding chicken. I was pounding chicken. <laughs> if you heard a lot of really loud thudding noises. At any rate, this second pizza, because it's taken us like fucking 20 minutes <laughs> to get little. this far. Look, is this, okay. are you sure this is recording? Yes, it is. Cause see the little red thing. Well, that's on. a good, uh, okay. This file is going to be about three hours long. That's all right. It happens. I can edit. So the second pizza is a, uh, a Alfredo, a chicken Alfredo. Chicken pizza. Alfredo pizza. Yes. And so it's going to be pizza crust with Alfredo sauce and then uh, like broiled chicken. I'm going to put some salt and pepper on there. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? That sounds I think great. That's a good idea. Um, obviously, this is in progress and we're still discussing key uh, details. And. Topped with mozzarella Top, cheese. Yes, topped with mozzarella and... Uh, scallions. Or green onions, as I call them. He calls them scallions, and I call them green onions. And we're both right. I think we should call them grunions. Grunions. I think that's nice. Because it's like scallions and green onions combined. <laughs> that was very observant of you. I hope everybody out there got it. If you, if you did not understand why I said we should call them grunions... It's because um, I call them scallions, and Megan calls them green onions. So you put those two together, and you have grunions. Actually, <laughs> no, that doesn't work, because if it's grunions, yeah. then scallions. it's the green and the onion. Well, scallions. Yeah, I understand what grunions, you're saying. It just feels onion, like now it's it now a, just feels like you merged green, like on, green onion. onion. Exactly. Conceptually, this doesn't work. No, I guess not. You should talk about the pandemic here at this point. The us pandemic? And us cooking. Yeah. So um, Eric and I, uh, during the pandemic for a long time, well, neither one of us had our children. And we were hanging out together a lot. 
because we happen to be very fond of each other. Very fond of one another, yeah. and and we both work together. Yeah. And um, so we were basically, it, it didn't make a lot of sense for us to isolate from each other because we were working in the same office building. And we're like best friends. <laughs> and uh, boyfriend girlfriend. Are we boyfriend and girlfriend? Yeah, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. Is that a thing? That is a thing. Since when? Since a month ago. I see. Yeah. Since a month ago. Since So since the last time I was on this show. Yeah, since the last time that you were on this show, you and I officially like went all boyfriend-girlfriend mode. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I must have missed that part. How did you miss that? I don't I... understand how this happened. How could you have missed it? Fugue state. <laughs> well, uh, that would explain a lot of things. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we we both had children that were home from school, and our respective exes are either, you know, living at home and and not having to leave or working from home or whatever the dynamic is. Um, Megan's children and my son have been with their other parents because the two of us, we both had to continue going into the office based on the nature of what we do for a day job yes. beyond just the sort of like, you know, she's a, an independent author and I'm an independent filmmaker and, you know, that, that sounds all awesome and cool on a podcast. But it is we awesome have, and cool. It is awesome and cool, but we have day jobs. The day job is very key. The day job is key and... Um, the independent thing you sort of do because you love doing it. It's often not your day job. If, <laughs> if you can make it your day job, um, that's an incredible thing. I mean, we're all kind of going for that, and very few of us are actually getting there, so... Right, and but also, if you can find ways in your day job to apply your talents... Yes. Um, ...that you are otherwise using in your independent art, that's great, but the point is for you non-artists out there when you hear that this podcast is hosted by author Megan Morgan and um, genre theorist slash independent filmmaker Eric Christopher Myers <laughs> that kind of sounds like you know we're, we're two people in a kitchen that's a big in a castle um, <laughs> next to a lock you Wouldn't know you, like romantically like discuss all day like plot points and like characters and like, as we cook, right? That's as we like, cook, that's not the that's not the reality. We do often discuss like plot points and characters and things, but it's usually while we're like driving to work or something like that. Next to a lock. So, yeah. <laughs> so anywho, um, yeah, we've been away from we were away from our kids for a long time as as the states have been opening up gradually. Um, we are seeing our children again, which is good yes. because we both went. 16 weeks without our children. Yes. But during that time, that was a time of, you know, heightened panic that I think everybody's going to remember. It was sort of like just about everything shut down yes. outside of what was considered essential. And um, a lot of people who weren't cooking for themselves previously began cooking for themselves. And, you know, I know that applies to me quite a bit. Yes. But it applied to us together. Yeah. We, I think that we simultaneously sort of like, well, as we mentioned in the last episode, we're both foodies. And I think that, you know, we 
sort of embraced the cooking as like a coping mechanism when you're stuck inside and you're also kind of like scared about what's going on out there in the world. Cooking is a great distraction and very soothing. And also, you know, it was an kind of like, we were sort of taking advantage of a, an otherwise painful situation to like try and do something positive because obviously being without our kids was not what either one of us wanted. Um, but it was something that we both sort of felt like was the right thing to do. Um, and we kind of, you know, turned that thing that was like really crappy into a situation where we could get together and like make food that we can't usually make when the kids are around all the time. Right. And since we were pretty much only seeing one another, yes. you know, between the fact that we otherwise work in enclosed offices, but we, you know, we were going to the same job site and then we were shopping together. Uh, I, I know that 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 opening period there when you couldn't find toilet paper yes. and you know that was a scary time Very. because it wasn't just the toilet paper it right. was like you know having to go to the store you wondered if you were going to be stocking up for the next six months or <laughs> not. yeah there was a lot of like fear there at the very beginning about like you know what was going to happen and and what things would and would not be available like going forward from that moment it was like a very unique and very sort of like weird, weird and uncertain time. Going to the store with you during that time was like, I, I, I don't even know how I could have done it without you. Yeah. To no, tell you the I truth. Agree. It was so scary. Yeah. And it was scary even going, going together, but that at least felt like, you know, we had someone else there if either one of us had a moment where we started to kind of like freak out because that did happen on occasion because you're around people. You don't know how this is like spreading at that point. You don't know. You just don't know a lot of things. We, we could be there for like each other. It was a really big deal. It was very important for both of us. I it, think. It, it was because, you know, it wasn't just, you know, I, I think everybody in the world has had their own pandemic story and their own examples of what were stressful things, whether because um, they, you know, lost their job or, or, you know, whatever else, or even people who are sort of like, you know, saying, oh, the pandemic's no big deal. They were stressed because they felt that, like, you know, they're, they're, haircut and nail places were <laughs> shut down everybody has had some degree of stress yes. and um it's it can be hard sometimes to get into the head of what another person's experience was yes for those reasons and i don't know that i'm able to accurately explain to anybody who was not separated from their at-risk child um what that was like and I know that Megan understands it because she was separated from her kids, you know, the same way that I was. But it cannot be, it cannot be overstated how scary that, especially those first few weeks were when everyone was kind of holding their breath and trying to figure out what was going to happen and feeling like I was in an indefinite quarantine from my child until further notice 
and that I was, um, I could be a, a carrier of, you know, an illness to him. That, that was a, that was a very scary time just to be alive for those reasons. So yes, thanks for shopping with me. Yeah. Thank you for shopping with me. <laughs> it was like kind of the nicest thing. We just uh, checked on the chicken, which is getting nice and crispy and wonderful. It's getting very, very nice. So we have the, <laughs> so we have the two chicken breasts. Yes. That have been sliced in half. Yes. And pounded out a little bit. The one that is going to be used for the Tex-Mex pizza has been topped off in like a slow cooker chipotle chicken seasoning. Yes. Um. And so you know the the whole idea with the Tex-Mex pizza is that. I, I like it spicy. I like mm -hmm. it hot. Um, I'm really into heat. And the spicier you can get it, the better. But the thing is also very cool in the sense that if you're not a super spicy person and if you're hearing this description and going, that pizza does not sound like it's for me, you can, you know, kind of temper it yeah, by using... Yeah, you tone it down. Yeah, you just use a, you know... A, a milder salsa and you don't season as heavily you don't put jalapenos on all that stuff um so it's cool because you know you can be a wimp about it <laughs> if you need to be or you can be like me about it <laughs> megan by the way she started to get the biggest runniest nose while she was cutting these habaneros yeah it's true that is the thing about cutting habaneros is that um like they, uh, their, their spiciness is extremely volatile, um, which means that, like, as soon as you start cutting into them, they start sort of, like, giving off their, like, uh, the capsaicin, I guess, is what it is that makes it spicy. And, uh, so, yeah, nose was running. <laughs> so, I got a question for you. The, uh -huh. the way that, the way that when we cook, yes. I really like to do things like... You know, this Tex-Mex pizza, which uh -huh. has all these habaneros and chilies and stuff like that in it. Yes. And it's super spicy and blah, blah, blah. Yes. But then also my sausage and peppers dish that I love to have. Yes. I like it with Fra Diavolo rather than marinara. And then I like to add red pepper to that. The spiciest sausage possible. <laughs> I mean, you know, do you feel that I go too far in that direction or, you know, it like, like, do you like it? Or do you sort of feel like, ah, I wish he toned it down a little bit? Or, oh, this is nothing. It could be much spicier. I think, I think that the, your spice level is, I am very comfortable with it. Not every single thing that we make together is super spicy. So that, that makes it like very comfortable for me. I think that if we, we were cooking like crazy spicy food constantly, then I would get kind of tired of it. But we do a really broad range. Yes. Yeah, it's not the only thing that I eat. Right. By the way, nothing is grosser than that person who just sits there and adds Tabasco to everything they eat. Because <laughs> Tabasco's gross, number one. <laughs> uh, that is not adding spice to something. It's just adding lots of vinegar to what you're adding. <laughs> Tabasco is a lot of sugar and vinegar. Yeah, yeah, people that think that they're making their food spicier by adding Tabasco sauce. I don't get it. For some people, it. Tabasco is spicy, though. It's a terrible, overwhelming flavor. You add one one drop of Tabasco <laughs> sauce to anything, yeah. and it just tastes like Tabasco sauce. <laughs> this is true. So, no, I'm not one of those people that, that needs everything to be hot. It's just that certain dishes, if they're going to be hot, yeah. I want to go all the way yeah. there. And that tends to happen with Italian food for me and 
uh, depending on the dish. The sausage and peppers, absolutely. But, you know, like a chicken parmesan does not need to be a spicy thing for me. But I want my Mongolian beef to be really spicy. Sure. So, at any I'm rate. completely and totally uh, down with this. I think that it's an absolutely appropriate way to approach the food things. Uh, it looks like it looks like the chicken is pretty much good. So, like we said before, we have like a Mexican spice rub on one, and then the others is like salt, pepper, oregano. Because it's going to be going into a creamy Alfredo sauce. Exactly. And so my thought at this juncture is that I'm going to start prepping the crust for the Tex-Mex pizza, and we can put that one in the oven first. And then while that's happening, I'll start making the uh, Alfredo sauce for the other pizza, and we'll put that one in second. Absolutely. You think that sounds good? I think that sounds very Please do feel free to, like, you know, argue with my process if, you know, you have a different idea. I like your process. If you give me a nice sharp knife, I will cut the chicken. Aw, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Well, that sounds lovely. But you have to give me a nice, sharp knife. Yes, sir. Because if it's a dull knife, an accident could happen. Yes, and we don't want that. And it would happen to me. (laughs) Do you want my, like, parrot, my small knife, or do you want my big, big knife? I want you to give me the one that you think that I'm going to have the least chance of dying with. Okay, I think I'll give you this one. Sure, that works for me. My paring knife is my sharpest, and this is... Uh, my great shame as a chef, I have lovely knives, and I also have, like, the sharpener and everything, and I am getting better at it, but I'm still not great at sharpening them. And this makes me sad, because I love having really good sharp knives. So I have the good, the steel is good, my knives are great, um, I just need to improve my sharpening skills. So this is why a lot of people really like wooden cutting boards and I usually do too. I only have one and it's in the dishwasher right now, but wooden cutting boards uh, are least likely to dull the edge of your knife as you cut with them. And specifically, like if you get uh, cutting boards that are cut with the grain facing out, so not like smooth, but actually with like the grain visible. It's hard to explain. That's the best kind. I don't have one like that. They're very expensive. Maple ones are supposed to be really good. That's <laughs> like one of my kitchen dreams is to have a really good cutting board. But, yes. Hither and yon. <laughs> cutting boards are good. So, we were saying that we've been doing all these sort of food adventures together. Yes. And I think it's been cool because we'll be like, let's figure out how to cook you know, whatever that thing might be. That we can't go get right now because it's in a restaurant and, like, that's a bummer. Right. We want that thing. And also, you know, the idea of we've also tried to say, okay, if we're making pizza, let's make two different kinds of pizza. Yes. And how about I pick the one and you pick the other and then we just get in there and we sort of cook them and it, it turns into... A food adventure yes. versus just making dinner. Yes. And it's given us both an opportunity to sort of like make make things with each other that I think we haven't had in a long time for whatever reason. Um, and we've also, we have literally done like food competitions uh, where like one weekend we made uh, stromboli and uh, and we each made a different kind 
Uh, and it was sort of like a little, like a little cook-off, is you decide what your ingredients are, and I'll decide what my ingredients are and what my theme is, and, uh, and then we're both gonna eat some delicious food and judge each other on, like, how we did. But it's always, but it's also, you know, it's, it's in the spirit of, I guess, sort of exploration, for yeah. lack of a better term. You know, you're, you're, you're finding, you know, it, it, the kitchen is turning into a different space for me than it was pre-COVID. Yeah. It's turning into a place where I like to go and play. I don't think that by any stretch of the imagination, I'm a, you know, I'm a great cook. I'm somebody with a lot of very sort of specific skills, <laughs> um, but a lot, a huge, huge number of knowledge gaps. And I completely get that, and I completely recognize that. What do you want me to do with this, by the way? This uh, sliced chicken. Let me get out a plate to put the fresh sliced chicken on. Yes, ma'am. Is this, am I cutting it the way you'd like? Yes, you're doing an awesome job. Okay, because I want them to be meaty. I don't want it to be shredded. Yes. But I don't want it to be overwhelming either. So as long as that I think is... that looks lovely. You're okay, doing a great good job. If there's anything you see that you would like me to do differently, please do not hesitate to ask. Aww. Megan is definitely the more experienced cook of the two of us. But you're the more experienced foodie, I think. Because Perhaps. you spent so much time working in restaurants, and then you've also spent a lot of time just going to restaurants, which I haven't always done a lot of. I think that's a big part of why I like doing the, you know, the, the, the food offs, the cook offs, because, you know, number one, it's not, it's it, as much as it's sort of framed in a competitive sort of way, there's nothing <laughs> competitive about it at all. Um, ideally we both win because right. everything tastes amazing <laughs> and but it's sort of like a okay you bring what you have the sorts of things that you've cooked in the past um, or the sorts of things that you've eaten and you're that you really liked and you're sort of trying to figure out how to create or approximate now and then we both just sort of you know introduce one another to different ideas and in some cases you know you know, can, I, I guess, sort of borrow ideas from one another? Yeah. For the future? For the future? Yes. Like, I, for example, I had never had Beef Wellington until I met you. <laughs> and you challenged me to, like, make Beef Wellington, which was a very scary process. And I made it. And it was wonderful. And then... And, and can I just say, <laughs> seriously, no bullshit at all. Your Beef Wellington, all the times you've made it, is the best beef wellington i have ever had in my life <laughs> the steak is cooked perfectly perfectly consistently each time and it's been more than one time <laughs> it's been more than three times <laughs> but at any rate it's it is cooked perfectly and what you do with the mushrooms is amazing so oh well you're very sweet it's like one of my favorite things to eat in the world and you have mastered it well thank you it's it's a very complex dish and so it was very scary but then <laughs> <laughs> don't give your secrets i won't give away my secrets <laughs> once i learned how to do it like once I really learned how to do it, I found that it was like, not that hard, it's just a lot of technique. Timing. Yes. 
timing technique, like folding the prosciutto over like the the, the mushrooms and such. But allowing for bonding. Yes. You have to give it some time. Uh, that's a lot of it. It's a timing thing. But also, like you've taught me how to like really grill, which has been extremely exciting because I've sort of like, I love grilled food and I have never really done a lot of it. Um, and so, yeah, like your grilling skills are incredible. Well, let me, let me tell you something. Honestly, I feel as though pre 2020, I loved to grill Mm -hmm. and I always sort of talked about and I was like, oh yeah, grilling is sort of my (laughs) thing that I do, blah, blah, blah. But I honestly feel like in 2020, I have now grilled more than I have in probably the last, you know, like five or six or seven years put together combined just since March. And I feel I've gotten better at Mm -hmm. grilling because you know i'm finding that i'm grilling sometimes for you sometimes i'm grilling for my son because he's really taking a a liking to steak so i try to since i was without him for so long i try to make dinners and things like that a special thing now where are you going to want me to transport this by the way i'll get another plate. a different plate i just didn't want to um contaminate with all that spice yes mess up the flavor but yeah i mean you know he's really liking steak so i'm getting these opportunities to grill for him i'm grilling for you some nights you know if for whatever reason it just times this way um and i'm alone i grill for myself um bratwurst and stuff like that and i feel like i've gotten a lot better at grilling this year just because i've been doing it so much more Yes. Even though I've sort of always prided myself on it. I'm like, yeah, there was... I'm cooking different types of meat and trying to get different sort of effects. Yes. It seemed like in previous years, burgers were sort of like a big thing. And we haven't really had any burgers this summer, have we? I think I made like, them... I think one time at the very beginning. And I made them once for Gareth. And that, that's that been it. Okay. So, like, basically so, that means we need to have burgers at some point soon. Dude. <laughs> Before but, summer is over. It's been a lot of steak. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of um, seafood. Yeah. I, at least for me, I've been grilling a lot of seafood. <laughs> but it's also, you know, like, like I think probably the most fun I have had barbecuing this year was when we did our sort of like meat smorgasbord. Oh, yeah. That was fun. I'll let you do the rundown on that. <laughs> So one day, uh, what we did was we sort of, um, we got a whole bunch of a broad variety of meats. Uh, we had pork, like some pork chops that I cut into chunks. Uh, we had steaks, we had shrimp, uh, and we had scallops. Uh, and I think that was, did we have any chicken? We did. We had chicken too. Yeah, we had chicken. And then we had like some mushrooms. Oh, yes, we did. Yes, Huge we did. mushrooms. Gigantic. They were beautiful. And we had a really broad variety of dipping sauces. And so, yeah, Eric grilled up all of those meats, and they were beautiful. And and then I made, like, a green goddess dressing, and we made... We had curry sauce. Yeah, like a curry sauce, which, oh, we so loved that curry sauce because... We love to go to an Indian buffet. We obviously haven't in a while. That curry sauce was like heaven. 
Um, it, it was. There was a Jamaican jerk seasoning yes. or a Jamaican jerk sauce. We had a teriyaki sauce also. And so basically what we did is we just like sort of sampled each kind of grilled meat with all these ranges of sauces. Yeah, we and we'd sort of take turns calling it and go, all right, you pick the next mm -hmm. one. And I'd be like, let's try this with that. Mushrooms in Green Goddess was amazing. The, uh, the pork uh, chops in the curry curry so good um the uh the steak in the teriyaki obviously was awesome uh that was one of my favorites for me the 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 best stuff was anything in the curry yeah and that meant the mushrooms <laughs> that meant the steak that meant the pork that oh. meant the chicken the mushrooms in the curry really was so good it was all delicious and then before that for the fourth of july we did kind of like a japanese style grill where we did steak with teriyaki sauce scallops colored. yes yes and then we did scallops uh with a sort of like drizzled uh sauce of japanese sauce that i made and wasabi yes and wasabi and then what else did we do for that i would have to consult rice obviously um there was some vegetable yeah i'm trying to remember what the vegetable was i'm trying to also it might have been asparagus. I think it might have been, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, a like Japanese style sort of like Fourth uh, of July meal was an excellent call, and that was I think one of the m more delicious and memorable things that we've made. And it felt very punk rock to not eat anything remotely American <laughs> on the Fourth of July in the year of our Lord twenty twenty. <laughs> It was our patriotic patriotic duty to to avoid anything American on the Fourth of July. I think this year. So patriotic <laughs> duty to act all snooty. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a lot of sort of like I don't know, just having fun. I think that that um, if you're listening to this and you're a musician. Um, you'll totally understand what I mean when I say it's sort of like been going into the kitchen and having a jam session yeah. or saying, Hey, you know what? Let's make, you know, let's both of us, or we're, let's, we're going to make two strombolis like you said before. Mm -hmm. So let's go to the store and both of us sort of pick up what we need for hours and then, you know, go and do that shop or order that food to have dropped off. Which, yes, I introduced Eric to the very millennial uh, ordering groceries and having them delivered to your house concept. Um, I'm not sure that Eric has taken to it as much as I have. I have um, not. But we've done it, you've done it a couple of times. Well, it's very helpful when your current custody situation is such that uh, you don't have weekends to go shopping because yes. you got a kid, yes. and you know during. The whole point is not to expose the children. Exactly. So it's it, it can be hard when you know he wants a thing or I need a thing that I thought I had to be able to get those things. Yes. And so if I miss it in the you know the pre-shop, then I'm kind of hosed. And you've been right, though. I mean, it's been it's been very beneficial in that regard, assuming they bring the right steak. Yes. Or Getting... bring the charcoal that you ordered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was that one uh, uh, challenging moment when, when things did not arrive as expected. And Correct. steak has been really hard the last, like, uh, few months because... 
I think that there's, I love you. I think that there's been, I, I don't know exactly what it is and I should, but yeah, steak has been a problem. It's not always available as it should be. Okay. So let's put this here because yes. that had the cutting board sitting on. I, I don't want your phone to get icky. No, I agree. So what we've got here is the first pizza. Yes. Um, so Miss Megan Morgan yes. has made a lovely pizza crust and she has covered it in spicy habanero salsa. Yes. Was that the correct thing to do? That was the, the correct thing The habanero salsa goes down first on top of the crust. Correct. So it's crust, habanero salsa, then what comes next? Chicken. Chicken. Okay. Cool. All right, so I'm going to lay out some chicken. Yes. Now, if you want to lay out some peppers alongside it, since you have the sliced red peppers over there. Should I put the peppers, like, in between the chicken pieces? Whatever or makes on top sense of them? to you. Okay. I just don't want to interrupt your, like, there's, chicken placement. There's no feng shui with this. <laughs> it's just I'm trying to get it so that there's chicken sort of in every slice that you would get. You always make it so beautiful, though, when you're doing this. Well, it's because I'm inspired by you. Also, you're a little bit more OCD. You're a lot more OCD than I am. And so you tend to, like, place things very neatly. Whereas I have a tendency to be rather all over the place. <laughs> well, you you are definitely um, you're definitely like me in that I do sort of. It's like in some areas I absolutely need neatness. In yes. other areas, it's all about the organized clutter. <laughs> I'm glad that you appreciate the way that I uh, sort of haphazardly do things at times. Megan Morgan, I appreciate all the things that you do, and you are doing a wonderful job with your bell pepper placement right now. Well, thank you. I like it. That is the other thing about this pizza that you should know, and I'll You need to, to put pictures in the show I notes. I do. There are going to have to be photos, because this pizza is beautiful. All right, here. I'm going to take a photograph of this right now, because right. I haven't taken a photograph in a long time. I did take, um, like... Some shots of you making the cheese. Mm. These peppers are delicious. Oh my gosh, those are delicious. They Thank are you. delicious. Okay, onions? At this point, yes. it's all about the onions and the habaneros yes. and the jalapenos. So okay. we can throw that in, but again, strategically. Let's, uh, let's, let's use some level of strategy. <laughs> Please cut that out. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I might leave it in. No, don't. <laughs> Not one of my better attempts. <laughs> Eric Christopher Myers attempted a uh, <laughs> an accent, and uh, it has now been cut from the show because he did not approve of his own accent thing. <laughs> so I'm pretty good at impressions. You are. I was not good at that impression. Oh, your Gandalf is one of the best. You just like me for my Gandalf. <laughs> yes, that's entirely the reason why I'm in a relationship with you. It is because of your Gandalf impression. That would be weird. It, it's it? funny because when I first met you, the first yes. nickname that you ever had for me was mm -hmm. Gandalf. Well, yes, because I felt like you were sort of like a... I've always sort of like thought of you as sort of a wizardly type character because you have so much knowledge and you go about like disseminating it and training other people and things. Can I tell you something? Tell me. The very first time yes. that you said, hey everybody, because we worked together. Yes. We were in the workplace together and she said to her fellow trainees, hey everybody, 
you know what we should call him? We should call him Gandalf. He's like Gandalf, the, the writing wizard. And I whatever I said, and I don't remember what it was that I said, but I said it in my, I, I think it'd be safe to say, near-perfect Ian McKellen impression. Oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful Ian McKellen impression. It is absolutely perfection. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my superpower. <laughs> it only works on nerd girls. Uh, this is the reason why I, real this is why I keep ending up with foxy hot nerd girls. <laughs> By the way, um, I just put all the jalapenos and particularly the habaneros down and I Your just made the mistake. Burning, I just they? made the mistake of licking oh, my finger. No. Oh no. Oh shit. My tongue. Is your tongue burning? It's swelling up as I speak. Oh shit. <laughs> Well, you do know that it is, like, technically an allergic reaction. Do you want to hand your camera over so I can take a picture of this before we lay the cheese out? How about I wash my hands? Yes, do And that. you keep talking to the thing. Okay, I'll keep talking and, to the thing. <laughs> and I'll be back. I hope that this is your highest rated episode yet. I think it is. Remember, listeners, five stars. Give this woman five stars. <laughs> oh. So, while my partner heads off to wash his hands of the habanero juice, um, I will remind all of you that if you ever find yourself working with hot peppers, please, please, please do remember to wear gloves and wash surfaces and do your best not to make contact with your skin. Um, especially jalapenos and habaneros uh, can be spicy enough, can be volatile enough that they can burn your skin. And you don't want that. So uh, avoid that uh, uh, as much as possible, please. Uh, and yes, right now we have a pizza. There are jalapenos, habaneros, peppers, chicken, and then not spicy peppers on it, as well as the habanero salsa. And then next we're going to be laying out the pepper jack cheese on top. And all of this is on a pizza crust, which is on top of uh, paper wax paper not wax paper it is baked parchment paper uh this is absolutely always do like baked stuff on parchment paper if you can because uh yeah parchment paper will make your life so much better and so now eric please to tell us about the theory of laying out the pepper jack on top okay so now that your pizza looks like it's kind of like it's a little overwhelming the sheer amount of content that's already <laughs> on the pizza. The cheese is not going on top. It's just this, you know, it's it's this pizza pie with this uh, red hot sauce on it. Yes. And it's just covered in long, thick strips <laughs> of chicken. Big, thick jalapeno slices. Yes. Lots of onions, yes. long red bell peppers, and all sorts of scary star-shaped habaneros. <laughs> it looks really crazy. It's and very now celestial. It is. And over top, we are now going to drape these thinly sliced slices. Yes. I think slice thinly would just be the way. Slices. Thinly sliced slices. Thin slices. Of Cheddar Jack habanero cheese. Uh, which is... I got Sargento because I like its meltiness. I think it's the best melting of the cheeses. If you want to go with something that's a little bit uh, more budget friendly, please do feel free. Um, didn't I also accidentally once get like provolone on top of this? 
or something. Um, or maybe I just got uh, Jack. I think it was just Monterey Jack. Pepper. And yeah. that's something that you can do. I mean, that's it it's was still a good. But pizza. It was. But there's something about... I don't know. There's something about the slices of the cheese versus, you know, having shredded cheese that I think makes a difference. Yes. Particularly it's... since the pizza is meant to have toppings over which the cheese is sort of draped. Yes. This pizza, by the way, is very spicy. I think we've mentioned that a couple times. A few dozen. I'm reiterating it because it is. Are you prepared for how spicy it's going to be? I don't know that I am. We haven't had this with habaneros before. No, we Every have Every time we've had it before, it was jalapenos. Do you feel like it's getting spicier each time? <laughs> I would say this time, yes. Most definitely. It is most definitely getting spicier. Interesting. I think that's definitely the trend. I think that in a relationship... Um, as in cooking, yes. everything should always be working toward getting spicier each time. As long as you don't eventually catch fire, you're, that's all right. <laughs> EKM is like really layering it. I'm filling in all the empty gaps. It should also be noted that uh, the, the toppings on this pizza under the layer of cheese are not like stacked on top of each other. They're like sort of neatly laid out side by side. And it's not like this pizza is piled with stuff. Like, there's a lot. It's, it's just jam-packed. But it's not like in, you know... You, you want to make sure that there's some space there for your crust to cook up nicely. And there's plenty of flavor. Like, even if it isn't just gloffed on there to a ridiculous degree. So I am now transferring the pizza from the counter... On to a cookie tray, just sliding it very gently, and then it will go slide from the cookie tray into the oven. And I do this because I have uh, been known not to successfully transfer things unless they're on top of the paper. I don't think that's, I think that your pizza is probably supposed to just go like straight onto the stone. I don't do that. Just for the practical reason of, I don't want my pizza to get, like, shoved into the back of the oven. So, yes, I'm alright with, uh, with maybe losing a little bit of the crispiness of the crust, and yet not lose the pizza. <laughs> Your skill level may vary. Alright, so now we have to build yes. the other pizza. Are, uh, are we baking this one yet? Yes. I trust you. You should. I do. So here we go. As we prepare to set up pizza number two. So yes. pizza number one is in the oven for pizza how long? Pizza number one is in the oven for probably, it'll be about 15 minutes. Okay, 15 minutes. And my plan is that we'll mostly bake it, and then what we can do is we can put them both in. If I were a baggie, where would I be? You would be up in that shelf right there. I see. Oh, low the many places a baggie could hide. <laughs> yes. The good news is that we have lots of leftover, like, cut-up veggies and such from the first pizza. Yes. I have a question. Whose Whose place would you say that we are cooking in more than the other, or would you call it a fairly equal split? I think that when we're cooking together, it's almost always here, just because this is the easiest place to navigate together simultaneously, unless you are grilling, in which case I think it's more likely to be at your place. Yeah, that's sort of what I was thinking. Yeah. 
so then, but are we doing more cooking than grilling? Uh, I would say over the summer, up? we've been grilling more. All right, so in the spring, we were probably cooking here more. Oh, yes. I would say that's definitely, and definitely then, accurate. And then in the summer, it sort of moved to my place, yes. and now it's the autumn. Yes. Who knows what the autumn of 2020 will bring? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, I'd say that we're definitely at a point in the world where we don't know what's going to happen next. No, we do not. Last week, uh, the president of the United States had coronavirus. This week, I haven't heard a thing about it. Apparently, we don't care anymore. He says he's not. He says he's immune. Sure, that's seems like absolutely something that would be true. Um, if you can't tell, I'm being extremely sarcastic right now. So back to happy things. Yes. So strombolis, you said, were your favorite thing I that we've cooked together. Yes. I think that that was probably one of our most fun, like, cooking experiments. And then you made a very meaty uh, stromboli. What, was it like a BLT kind of, like, thing? No, no. It was... So it was the... <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you're thinking BMT. Yes, like BMT. Subway. Yes. Okay. Correct. That is what I was thinking. Yeah, it was kind of like a. So you had the you had the the pizza dough, yes. and then on the inside, um, there was salami. There was um, pepperoni. There was ham. Yes. And then there was what sharp provolone, but it was also stuffed with onions and peppers and black olives. Yes. Uh, and then. Oh, it was so good. Dipped in a spicy fra diablo sauce. Yes. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. And then mine was like a Greek uh, calzone. Yes. And it had chicken and uh, feta cheese. And I made like a sautéed uh, uh, <laughs> spinach and olives. Palomatas specifically, and yeah, I think oregano, lots of oregano, lots of oregano. Yeah, it was it was so good. Those it were was. both really legitimately very different, and also both very delicious. Uh, I was impressed with our skills. Also, oh my god, when we made cheesesteaks, those were so good. So cheesesteaks were something that I was craving hardcore, and. Your lovely host, Miss <laughs> Megan Morgan, had never, before meeting me, ever had a cheesesteak. This is true. Never had a cheesesteak, which is just a little baffling to me. <laughs> well, I did not grow up in the Pennsylvania sort of like area, which I think is sort of the centralized location of the cheesesteakiness. Well, I mean, Philadelphia <laughs> is known for Philly, the, the cheesesteak. Philly cheesesteak. And so, yeah, I, um, I hadn't really had them. I'd had other kinds of Italian food, but not so much the cheesesteaks. Shall I wrap these peppers up? Uh, I think that we can at the end. At the end. I'm just trying to clear counter space for If you, you would like to wrap up the peppers now, you absolutely may go for it. Baggy as well, or just plastic on top of the bowl? Uh, baggy. Baggy. Okay. <clears throat> so, carry on. So, yeah, I think that the first time we had cheesesteaks was from, like, a place in Baltimore. Frank's. Frank's. Uh, and they were amazing. 
I am very specific about my cheesesteaks. There are a lot of disagreements on what constitutes a, a legitimate, genuine Philadelphia-style cheesesteak. And one of those arguments is that it has to be on, you know, a hoagie roll, and the cheese topping needs to be cheese whiz, like you get out of the, you know, the can. You press the nozzle, and the cheese whizzes out. <laughs> and that you put that on the the steak. That sounds like utter insanity. And then me. it goes onto the roll. It's not bad. It's just it, it melts really well. Yeah. The, the idea is for it to be gooey. Yeah, you want um, a really melty cheesesteak. Because a cheesesteak can't have sort of like. And this is why I'm very specific about provolone and how the provolone is melted, yeah. because provolone has a tendency to, if it does not reach a certain melt point, be very thick yeah. and sort of gelatinous in a way I don't like when the steak is sort of melted and bonded with it. Yes, it doesn't get really stringy the way some like cheeses. It doesn't become like a single entity. Honestly, my my preference is mozzarella. Yeah. Um, because that will melt, as you know, from a pizza, it's going to melt very, very thickly. Um, but it's never thick enough to sort of be pasty. Sure. At any rate, um, so I'm very specific about my cheesesteaks, in case you hadn't noticed. And, <laughs> and I, I like to have a crusty Italian roll, and then I like to have the, you know, the steak and a, a good gooey, um, mozzarella or provolone, and... Then the roll needs to be toasted with all of these things in it. No onions. I know that that is heresy to some. <laughs> others love the green peppers, or others cannot conceive of a cheesesteak without mayonnaise, which I agree has its place. But no tomatoes, no green peppers. Um, no, none of that stuff. <laughs> Just cheese and steak, toasted roll, and then you top it with salt with pepper and oregano and shaky cheese. I call it shaky cheese. Mm. It's those, you know, those those jars of um, mozzarella or Parmesan, Parmesan, sorry. And, you know, it's in powder and you shake it out. So since I was a little kid, I was like, no mommy, no shaky cheese. Or, <laughs> or as I got a little bigger, it was more like, yeah, mommy, I'll try that shaky cheese. So yeah, I'm very specific about how I how I have my my Philly cheesesteak, and so I was sort of dying without one, and we decided, rather as poetic as it sounds, to sort of be dying um, for lack of that which you love and don't necessarily need. Uh, we decided to take it upon ourselves to make cheesesteaks. Yes. But we made two different kinds. And so mine was like I just described. Cheese steak toasted, um, topped with um, with shaky cheese and oregano and salt and pepper. Yes. And Miss Megan Morgan's had more. Yes. What did I put on mine? I need to pull out the photographic evidence of this. Uh, didn't, weren't there like red peppers on it? There were red peppers. There were red peppers. Onions. Onions. Yes. And mushrooms. And mushrooms, that's right. Oh my god, it was so good. It was it was it was a different character yes. altogether. Yes. And it was so good. And uh both of our cheesesteaks, I used a mix of sharp provolone uh, because Eric and I went up to uh Philly uh not that long ago. Well actually like a year and a half ago. And had the most amazing Philly cheesesteaks while we were up there. And they were glorious. And what they did 
is that they use like a sharp provolone on these. No, I didn't make Philly cheesesteaks. That's why I couldn't remember. I made the pork sandwiches, didn't I? No. No, we... they were cheesesteaks. Oh my God. What are you talking about? I'm talking about nothing. I'm talking about nonsense. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so as she was saying, we did go <laughs> up to, shout out to John Bucci. Uh, we went up to John's uh, roast pork. Yes. Because we were going to the Marvel exhibit. We yes. went to the VIP pre-opening of the Marvel oh, exhibit. Thank lovely. you very much for getting tickets to that. Aww. And um, we decided that we had to get a cheesesteak while we were in Philly, and we needed to find, like, you know, some place that was considered, um, you know, an institution in Philadelphia. Yes. Like, if you're going to get a cheesesteak, this is the one you go to. And John's Roast Pork showed up on, it was like, it was like the Travel Channel uh, listing or yes. something like that, or Food Network, what, whatever it was. Um, it, it ranked very highly and it been featured on local television. And um, we went there and John, the, the owner, uh, not only, you know, took our order and sort of accommodated us on, you know, us saying we wanted, you know, we wanted the ultimate experience. Yes. And we wanted one cheesesteak, and then we wanted one of these roast pork sandwiches that he made. Yes. Uh, that was supposedly, like, it was like the cheesesteak was almost secondary to this specific sandwich. Mm -hmm. And um, we were like, we want one of each. And I said, I want one just to be classic, just cheese and steak. And he said, no onion? I said, no onion. And he said, I'm putting onion on anyway, because mm -hmm. if you want to really taste it, if you really want the experience, it has to have that. Yes. Then he made us the roast pork sandwich. And the roast pork was obviously roast pork. And then it also included uh, the sautéed uh, spinach. spinach. And then it also was this incredibly, incredibly sharp provolone. Um, and it was seriously so freaking good. <laughs> It was absolutely delicious, and so we we split yes. these two sandwiches, and you know he was awesome, and he came out and he he uh, asked us how it was and chatted with us a bit, and so um, this experience, the fact that you know the guy didn't have to to sort of come out and jaw with us as he did, you know I think like two or three times yes. while we were visiting because we came in and said we you know we were from out of town and we really wanted you know we'd done our, our homework and really wanted to try the food here. You know, he came out and he chatted with us a bunch and just, you know, it wasn't like it was not a busy day over there. Yeah. So during the year of our Lord 2020, this pandemic that I have referenced several times, mm -hmm. um, remember small businesses, support small businesses, um, because um, people like John and um, places like our beloved Red, Lake, Red Brick Station here in Baltimore, I mean, they're they're... They're falling upon hard times right now. Yes. So keep small businesses in mind when venturing forth into the world. All right. We are now putting Alfredo sauce on top of our pizza crust. Am I doing the right thing? I think you're doing the right thing. Because Excellent. remember, this is our exploratory pizza here. Yes. So it's Alfredo sauce, and then it's going to have this broiled seasoned chicken. And it's going to be topped with mozzarella mm -hmm. and scallions. Um, and Megan has just made this incredible Alfredo sauce. Oh, gosh, sauce. I hope it's incredible. Can I try it? Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's real good. I think it's quite delicious. And now, chicken. 
All right, so you know I had you know, I had I had these tongs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you clean your hands so that All way right. you don't have to worry about that. Okay. Megan Morgan comes from a small mountain town. <laughs> when I first found her on my jungle safari, <laughs> I recognized her inherent beauty, and I said, "I bet if I could take this one back to." Uh, Back to England and, and refine her and dress her and <laughs> teach her how to be a lady. Are you saying you tried to my fair lady me? I'm thinking more of Tarzan. Oh, okay. You're, I feel like you're a little bit more Tarzan. Then, uh... At least that's my take on it. I mean, because, like, you tell me stories about, you're like, I was on the gym team and we ran cross country. I ran into the woods and knocked down trees. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> that sounds a little bit more, like... Tarzan meets the juggernaut. <laughs> I think that this is a pizza that would benefit, this Alfredo pizza, yes. from having um, Alfredo sauce on the side. I would you agree? That's 100% doable. And yes. Like for dipping purposes or drizzling purposes. I'm with you on that. Or just like putting my finger in it and <laughs> licking it up like a really big, disgusting guy. So. We talked a little bit the last time I was on. I'm going to get a photo of that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, one of the pizzas is out of the oven briefly. And we're going to get pictures of that for show notes. <laughs> it is the Tex-Mex pizza. It just came out, and it's saying to us, Eat me, because I'm fucking delicious. <laughs> Look at me. I'm colorful. And Shall I put mozzarella? Fucking delicious. Uh, after I took a picture. Okay. You know, just give me... Uno momento there, Absolutely. uh, shawty, as the kids say. <laughs> shawty. Am I your shawty? You are my shawty. I am so sorry in no, advance to everyone okay. who is having to listen to this fucking thing right now. <laughs> Do an so, episode while we're cooking together. I don't want to create any tension or anything, but it is like 425 right now. Meaning what? Don't we have a show at 5? I thought it was at 7. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It is at 7 because they talked about doing it at 5 and it's not at 5. Thank God. Okay. Let's take our time. And Shout out to Joe Compton. The show we're trying to <laughs> navigate here this evening. I'm totally cool now. <laughs> I was briefly panicking. I got this absolutely beautiful uh, mozzarella cheese from, speaking of supporting local businesses, Absolutely beautiful mozzarella cheese uh, made fresh in-house at uh, Mastelliones. Mastelliones, which is <laughs> <laughs> this absolutely wonderful, fantastic, and amazing uh, Italian sort of like deli slash food shop uh, here in, in Baltimore, uh, specifically in Parkville. Uh, really, really, truly, they have the most amazing uh, ingredients and just food in general. And yeah, we have some of their mozzarella today on top of this pizza. Uh, this really, oh my god, this Alfredo pizza is kind of beautiful. I'm a fan. I'm very excited about this one. And it's the first time we've done this. Yeah. Am I getting good... Uh, distribution of the onions here yes do you no. think that i think i might stop here that's fine briefly momentarily i'd say just a little bit over here though sure is that good yes good work good little gappy gap all right beautiful i'm a fan 
I'm really digging this pizza. I think this one's going to be really good. I hope so. I have all the faith in Do you? you and in me. Especially when we're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> but only when we're cooking. I'm going to put the rest of this cheese on top. Okay, go for it. The last time I was on here, I was talking about restaurant experiences I'd had. And once upon a time, I worked in an Italian restaurant. Um, I don't want to say its name because it's a famous corporate place uh, <laughs> that rhymes with Malav Barden. And <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. You're very welcome. It's very and subtle. The, the corporate chef, and I use that term lightly, because I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, it's an olive garden, you know, it's, it's, it's like McDonald's. I'm They're sure not it's getting... a lot like, uh, he was uh, a kitchen manager. He was a kitchen manager is the, the term I should be using. He was, he was just a dude in there to make sure that all of the people that were being allowed to work in the back illegally, um, <laughs> for much reduced cost. And you know what? I'm not being funny. No, all of I these corporate restaurants, all of these fast food places, um, they are more than happy to exploit illegals by finding ways around the fact that they don't have, you know, social security numbers or whatever by paying them $2 an hour or whatever. So at any rate, there's this kitchen manager. His name is John. And John was this really big guy who kind of looked like Hagrid without a beard. And John, he was big. He was huge. He was broad. He was thick. And he walked around the Olive Garden kitchen, um, usually with a soup bowl filled with Alfredo sauce and a spoon. Ew. Just eating it. Just no. like, like soup. Please tell me this is not true. This is true. That's absolutely horrifying. And so when I said he looked like Hagrid, it's because he was fucking huge. And so he's, he's just walking around eating this Alfredo sauce. So anyway, one day... The managers are all sitting out, you know, in between the busy lunch shift yes. and before the busy dinner shift. The managers are all sitting out in the, the, the bar area in the middle of the, the restaurant, right when you first walk in. And they're having a little chitty chat about whatever they're having a chitty chat about. And John was sitting there with his bowl of Alfredo sauce eating. <laughs> and all of a sudden, his face goes white and his hand goes to his chest. Nuh-uh. His other arm grips the edge of the table oh, as no. he half stands up, still clutching his heart with this look of sheer panic. He began shaking. The other managers, the, 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 the general manager, the floor manager, they jumped up and they're like going, uh, you know, and neither of them are moving the way they've been trained in the event that somebody in their building is having a, a heart, heart attack. attack. Right. And... Just as the bartender was ready to grab the phone and call 911, because this is all taking place over, like, the longest 10 seconds of anyone's right. life, John suddenly <laughs> emits the longest <laughs> fart oh, on record. <laughs> it just goes and goes and goes until it stops being funny and just gets annoying <laughs> and then becomes funny again. <laughs> and then everyone let out their breath and John said sorry about that 
and sat down and resumed eating his Alfred. Jesus Christ. Oh, no. Um, so we're about to have a chicken Alfredo pizza that is currently in the oven right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, and based off of that story, I think that uh, it's always a good lesson when you're a foodie to remember uh, that all things in moderation, uh, unhealthy food is lovely and wonderful and very satisfying, but you should probably balance it out with the occasional, like, you know, vegetarian meal, if you can. <laughs> Once in a while, I'd like to say that we had some very delicious vegetables yesterday. Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, cooking vegetables is sort of one of my very favorite things. That's kind of like my zone. I feel like that's my sort of like best corner of the kitchen uh, because yeah, I just, vegetables are fun. Especially, I think that like part of the reason why I find vegetables so magical is because they're sort of, number one, it's a very niche area and it's an area that most people underestimate, which makes me super into it. I'm like, if this is the zone where most people don't want to go when they're cooking, then I'm like all in on it. And so from the very beginning of my cooking time, I was like learning how to saute spinach without making it nasty and like limp and floppy and gross. I was learning how to get mushrooms super crispy. I love mushrooms. I always have my entire life. And I love a really crispy like golden sauteed mushroom. So yeah, we made a meal. Yes. Start eating this? I think it my plan is that I'm going to pop it back in the oven at the very end of okay. this one baking so that they're both basically coming out at the same time. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so with all that being said about vegetables, yeah. let's talk about what we had yesterday. Yes. We had an incredible uh, co-creation. Yes. That Megan nonetheless led the charge on. Most of the work for it. And it's called Bam Furlong. And Bam Furlong is essentially mushrooms and bacon. It's it's derived from... Um, it's a very the, nerdy reference. It's a very, very nerdy reference uh, from the Lord of the Rings, right after uh, Frodo and Sam and Pippin have left the Shire and they're on their way to Buckleberry. And they stop off at Farmer Maggot's farm, and and they're served bacon and mushrooms with with beer. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that sounds delicious, bacon and mushrooms. But bacon and mushroom, what? Yes. Like, I mean, are you just sitting there and eating raw mushrooms with crispy bacon? Are you? <laughs> I mean, what what is the what is the cooking thing going on here? You Presumably. know. Presumably. How... Hobbit's love for mushrooms would cause them to like want to like cook the mushrooms. Sure, yeah. but then again, you're talking about do you bake them? Do you you do you fry them? Do you grill them? Yes. You know, are you eating whole mushrooms, sliced mushrooms? Um, you know, the same thing with the bacon, whole slices, or is it all chopped up into some sort of a, you know, stew? Or you know, what? How is it being served? And so, what did we do? We sautéed. Uh, the mushrooms uh, in bacon fat after we had sauteed the bacon uh, with some onions uh, and usually what I do when we make this is I will get like a really broad mix of mushrooms so we had shiitakes we had uh, portobellas we had white mushrooms and we had oyster mushrooms 
and that is a really nice mix and you get like a really good earthy flavor when you do a good mix like that and so yeah onions mushrooms uh bacon all together bacon ends bacon ends very specifically yes which i have been really lucky to acquire through the imperfect produce boxes that i get uh and yeah so we had beautiful beautiful hobbit style mushrooms with bacon and onions. Uh, I added a bit of sage this time, which I hadn't done before. Garlic, too. Yeah, sage and garlic. And we had that along with... Uh, so it was see. it was served on the plate yeah. alongside the the like, cheddar rustic bread. Yeah, which was so good. That was a good was, choice. And so, yeah, it's knife and fork, and but the bread is there to mop up all the... All the bacon and mushrooms and all that wonderful stuff. And then we also had broiled asparagus, yes. which was fucking delicious. <laughs> and then you made magic with the Brussels sprouts. I made Brussels sprouts with cranberries and, like, toasted walnuts. Very toasted. So good. Like, uh, very crunchy. Yes. And smoky. I, I think they came out really well. I was worried when I pulled the... Uh, the mush or the uh, nuts out of the pan that I had overdone them, which I still think I probably did a little bit, but it was delicious. I don't think it works okay. Done. It's the issue with with nuts is that once they go black, they can get quite bitter, um, and you want to avoid that. But the problem is, is that they go from properly toasted to straight up like black in about like a microsecond. So when you're toasting nuts, you want to do it like quite low, and uh, yeah, you want to check them often. If you can smell them, is what I've heard. If you can smell them, it's probably too late. <laughs> ah. Well, we've been we've been having fun making these sort of large quantities of food. There's more bacon and mushrooms yes. in the refrigerator, but then there was chili the other night. Chili, yes. chili, chili, chili. There's mm. still a huge like I've had several meals of that chili. Yes. And there are several meals left to be had. <laughs> that is also the most incredible chili I've ever had. Oh, shut up. I'm being totally serious. No. Yes, and part I of the reason- I have asked that one, though, a little bit. But the whole, chili is always half-assed a little bit, Yes, you know? I suppose. It had three kinds of beans, or was it two of the three kinds of beans? It had two of the three kinds of beans. Folks, <laughs> I'm not about ground beef chili. <laughs> I think that if you are eating chili with ground beans, you are wrong. Ground beef, you mean? What did I just say? You said ground beans. Well, if you're eating it with ground beans, that's wrong, too. But if you're eating it with ground beef, it's super wrong. Um, no, it has to be steak. You need to cut steak into little uh, steak nuggets. <laughs> steak nuggets. <laughs> steak nuggets. And, um, yeah, and then that has to be made with tomatoes and with habaneros. Mm -hmm and with jalapenos, but also with all kinds of delicious beans, and you gotta make it as hot as humanly possible, <laughs> and then you can eat it either with a spoon, with corn chips, or served over a sea salt, um, broiled, baked and then broiled potato. We have learned how to do very special things with baked potatoes very special things with baked potatoes yeah. a couple weeks ago i grilled a potato yes because okay. i made filet mignon and i grilled potatoes and then for the first time in my life ate a plain baked potato because <laughs> it tasted so different it yeah. tasted so smoky and good it didn't need anything yeah. and 
and already had the salt on the outside from the pre-rub. Mm-hmm. It was a lovely, lovely way of making a baked potato. It was. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. Scallops were good, too. We cook a lot. We do. Find our plans as we go. Exactly. It is only this way that we grow. That is why it's an adventure, because there are bound to be moments when uh, when your girlfriend nearly drops the pizza into the bottom of the but oven. You know what? Is that what happened? Did you almost nearly drop it? Whoa! <laughs> so it's worse than what you said. You just sort of implied it was in the process of putting it down. Now, it now, was in the process of putting it down. <laughs> but now when, when, when I think back and you said to me uh, <laughs> that might have happened... <laughs> while I was moving the pizza. I didn't know that that meant there was a near disaster. Was this a near disaster? It's a near disaster. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, the pizza almost died. And Megan saved it. Now, you know what? It's even less of a problem. Right? Because me. at least the pizza still exists. No. It's like, I appreciate it all the more because it still exists. Because it could possibly, in a parallel universe, not exist right now. Yes. Because you dropped it on the floor. It's good thing we're in this universe. This is a good one. <laughs> oh, prevented disasters in this universe. Exactly. Rather than actual disasters. Well, good work. We're very nearly there on both pizzas. Right, here, do you know what exciting. I think you need? You know what I think you need? I think Tell you me. need like a pizza ladle. Uh oh. Something with a handle. I think what I need is one of those big, yeah, like proper, you know. Yes. But what I'm saying is you've got you've only got an apartment. Right. Kitchen right now. Yes. So you, you can't like shovel coal in a. No. In a, in a kitchen. That doesn't even make sense. You know, sometimes I lie awake at night thinking about all of the very wealthy people who have those humongous, like state of the art, top of the line kitchens that nobody makes any food in other than like the occasional frozen pizza yeah, or right. like leftovers that they like maybe throw on the stove if they're being like real fancy. And then I just look around my little dinky apartment kitchen and I go, man, there's no justice in this world. <laughs> you know what? It is interesting that you bring up the whole idea of homes that are now being outfitted like the same way that you know when you buy next year's car it's going to have features that previous cars did not have yes. and we're we're watching everything move from you know you have a tape deck to everything is bluetooth because it's connected to your phone that's connected to your car and your house yes. and your everything and the technology keeps like you know what is considered standard in a car yes and it's the same thing with it's like backup, backup cameras are now like completely and totally like expected. Expected instead of like, oh, look, my car's got this thing. Right. Isn't that cool? But kitchens are the same way in new houses. Yes. And so I'm there in my house from 1932 and yeah. <laughs> you're, you're here in, you know, uh, you live in an apartment complex. Yes. It's not a bad kitchen. It's just a small kitchen. Yes. But then you see these people, and I know them, I have known them, where they have these kitchens that are designed to be used to cook. Yes. And they are not used in that function. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the Alfredo pizza is now out of the oven. Yes. Megan did a wonderful job. It looks pretty. She got it out, and there were no disasters there were no disasters this is a this is a kaleidoscope of success right here <laughs>
this pizza, I'm, I'm going to include a picture of the Tex-Mex pizza in the liner notes. And it doesn't look bad. It's the post-disaster pizza. But it's the, no, it's the prevented disaster pizza. Yes. You didn't actually, you didn't do anything bad. It's just lost some of the, so I was talking all about having the sliced <laughs> cheese, the yes. way it lays over top of the toppings. That's I was talking about that a lot, about yes. how the idea is for the toppings to go into the sauce, and then the cheese slices are draped over top. Now, because of the near disaster, um, everything's kind of separated. Yes. Whereas We don't the, have full co coating coverage. But the Alfredo pizza is perfectly evenly distributed. Yes. And we have very nice, it looks like, integration of crust and... Uh, And sauce oh my goodness this is like so outrageous we're gonna have to let actually we should eat the tex-mex pizza first because this one's gonna need to cool a little bit to like allow the sauce to congeal okay does this make sense yeah, this makes perfect sense okay let's so do it i'm going to slice up some of our other pizza do you need a napkin or something for that blade so yeah. we don't make sauces i think that's a really fantastic idea if i were um Naptacular oh components. Goodness, yeah. Where would I dwell? I'm not sure that I have napkins anymore. I think that all I have are paper towels. Paper towels are fine. If you need, um, I do have actually a couple of napkins down there. The if you need bottom. to replace yes. any of the napkins, I mean, I've got <laughs> a roll. I can absolutely happily give you. You're very sweet. I know. <laughs> I don't receive the respect that I'm due for being the greatest boyfriend. <laughs> Here we All go. Right. Beautiful. Thank you, EKM. My pleasure. All right. We need knives and we need forks. We most certainly do. So, we have dished up our pizza. We have set the table. And I am now getting knives and forks because both of these are absolutely knife and fork worthy pizzas. They are profoundly <laughs> Do you have yes. candles? I do. Would you like candles? I think candles would be lovely. You know, you didn't have to take the less attractive slice of pizza. <laughs> but I did take the less attractive slice of pizza but because you... that is who I am as a person. But that's and not I what can't you help do. it. But I would feel bad if you got the lesser. But I feel like you should have the better because I made it for you. <laughs> hey, um, what would you like to drink? There's that little white grape juice if you want. I think that would be perfect. I'm really excited about this. These look beautiful. So ladies and gentlemen, we really, really appreciate you uh, going on this journey with us. And yes. now you're entering the next stage of this. It's just kind of, this is sort of what we do. We just yeah. sort of, you know, make some food in the kitchen together. <laughs> and then we light some candles if we have them. I got unscented candles because uh, EKM... Uh, prefers unscented candles, I believe. You believe correctly. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to sit down. We're going to try actually turn that light on so I can sure. take a picture. <laughs> take out that fucking accent. <laughs> that was, I don't know what that was. I don't know what it was. I have no clue. <laughs> and then we sit down together. Yeah. Okay, which one are we trying first? Let's try the new one first. Or do you want to try... Yeah, let's do the new one first. New one. All right, Megan is really hung up on trying this chicken Alfredo pizza, and I must confess, it looks 
mighty fucking delicious. Oh my god, it looks so good. Alright, knives and forks activated. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I have a bite that's got the crust, that's got the chicken, it's got the cheese, it's got the all of it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yum. Um, that's really good. <laughs> It's that's, like that's really good. It's like having chicken Alfredo on a pizza. It's that's... incredibly rich and so very cheesy. Mm-hmm. Eric read my mind, and he's putting some crushed back black pepper on top. Does that look good? That perfect. Thank you. You're a lovely Mater D. Oh, I am French. Is that how you say that? Major D. Major D, yes. Good, I'm glad I got that right. You did. Let's try it with pepper. All right. I can tell that we're going to eat an absolutely egregious quantity of pizza tonight. And then we're going to go on Joe's show and we're going to be really fat. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Ready. With pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how it's always awesome if you're smart? <laughs> if, you, if you fall in the category of being smart. <laughs> And the way that you eat a pasta dish mm-hmm. is to have a nice, crusty loaf of awesome bread there yeah. beside you. And then when you're done with the pasta, you use the bread to mop up the sauce. Yeah. That's what this is. This is like all of this is, is happening at once. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. I don't think I've ever had a pizza like this before. With like a really proper Alfredo sauce on it. Which you made and <laughs> is delicious because you made it mm. this pizza is now going to join its uh sibling the tex-mex pizza and the beef wellington and the chili <laughs> and the uh Oktoberfest. yes uh the black and shishito peppers and the black and blue chicken the black and blue chicken and Salmon. <laughs> Just salmon of any kind. <laughs> In our permanent playlist. Grilled wasabi scallops. We do good things together, you can. Would you say there have been any meal adventures that have been largely unsuccessful? Like, I feel like we're talking about all these great things that mm-hmm. we've done. And you would expect that when you're trying to just go and wing it to a certain degree or even go... Hey, let's make a thing and then go to the grocery store yeah. and just kind of like look for components. Because again, neither one of us is like, a, you know, somebody who has consistently cooked outside yeah. of a certain zone. And, you know, due to divorces and things of that nature, you know, suddenly you're trying new things. Has, has Have we tried any new thing and it's been unsuccessful or... Not so far, but I think that's mostly because you and I are both experienced enough with, like, what, like, food is good to, like, make good selections. You know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. You ready to try this Tex-Mex pizza? All right. This, I'm sure, ridiculously spicy and very nearly uh, destroyed (laughs) Tex-Mex pizza. I'm really pleased with the crust really, like, puffed up a lot more You did a one. really good job on crust. Oh, thank you. I hope this is as crispy. I'm sure it will be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's got heat. Mm-hmm. That's got a little up the nose, too. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Megan is flapping her hands right now. Mm-hmm. I got a whole jalapeno slice. So, Tex-Mex pizza. Yes? 
Yes, this is the spiciest version, I would say, Ooh. that I have ever made. Indeed. And I love it. It's very good. I love the heat. Yes. I love the heat. But again, it's not like just adding pepper flakes to something or Tabasco sauce. It's a combination of different, you know, of peppers mm-hmm. and the choice of salsa as the base. Mm-hmm. So as we sit down and properly enjoy our pizzas... We're going to say farewell to you listeners so that we can eat the rest of our food. Thank you for hanging out with us while we cooked. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me on, Megan. You're very welcome. Thank you for being on wonderful, wonderful Eric Christopher Myers. All right. That is Cocktails and Cookbooks. Go cook something awesome. All right. Bye, everybody.